the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. In this episode, we continue our series on people of faith from Hebrews chapter 11. In this recording, we look at faith's possibilities using Joshua and the Battle of Jericho as an example. The main reading is Joshua chapter 6. Um, amazing, really, but our, uh, our journey through the faith chapter, Hall of Faith, is up to um, verse 30. Verse 30, and this is what it says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell. After the people had marched around them for seven days, who would have thought? Um, our, I suppose if you want to title tonight, Faith's Possibilities. Possibilities, if we listen and we uh, put our faith in what God says, even though uh, we would say how unlikely, how unorthodox, um, as we'll look at it in a moment. But um, the first thing that we notice is that God was preparing the Israelites and he was um, uh, giving them some faith. Of course, they, they were the second generation. They'd just come through the Jordan. The Lord had opened up the, the Jordan River and uh, they'd come across. Um, but that's, that's one thing. But now they were going uh, against uh, the, the, probably the, the, the greatest city of the time. They say Jericho is one of the oldest cities in existence uh, as inhabitable. Um, it's one of the lowest cities, probably the lowest city, 800 foot below uh, sea level. Um, but impregnable. We'll have a look how big the walls are. And, and uh, so the Lord was taking them first to the greatest enemy, I suppose, or the, not necessarily the greatest enemy, but the, the greatest thing they could see in front of them. How on earth are we going to take this? Because remember, the, the, the 12 spies, although they didn't um, tell, initially didn't tell lies, they exaggerated, didn't they? They said, in Numbers 33, he said, they live in, in, uh, in castles, in places, fortresses. Well, they weren't telling a lie, really, because if they'd gone to Jericho, they would have seen it. It was a bit of a fortress, this. Um, but thankfully, the Lord's working, and he's saying, look, I'm going to give you the, the, the most difficult first. Why? Can you, you'll see what I can do. If you put your trust in me, everything will go okay. And uh, that's not always how God does it. God does it little by little, builds our faith. Um, but these people, Israel, uh, we know what they were like. God sometimes had to do something very dramatic for them to get their attention, didn't he? Get their faith, but this is the this is the uh, the, the prelim, prelim to um, Joshua six. It's Joshua two, uh, Joshua two eight to fourteen, where the two spies didn't send twelve. Thankfully, this time they learned from the mistake, sent two in, and uh, this is what uh, happened. The spies laid laid down for the night. She went up on the roof and said to them, "I know that the Lord has given this land to you." and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts sank, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. 
Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the man assured her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So they were coming out with Jericho, and so <coughs> Joshua sends out two spies, have a little look, see if it's, and they'll see, is impenetrable. We'll see how big the walls are in a minute. Um, but one thing they knew, this, this, this prostitute, um, this harlot, amazingly had had a revelation who God was. I know that your God is the Lord. Oh, bless the Lord. Isn't it amazing God can save anybody and can use anybody? Um, and she knew. And, and why did she know? Because of what he'd done. She'd, she'd heard about what he'd done to Egypt, the Red Sea, which was again a generation before. And those two kings, great kings, east of Jordan. And uh, the Lord had wiped them out and given uh, Israel 60 cities on that side uh, of the Jordan. And so God was just, just stirring them. Look, they know, they're they are fearful. Uh, God, they didn't know how they were going to do it, but they knew God could do it. And uh, the people there, they weren't going to have much fight from them because they were afraid. Of course, it wasn't the fight they were afraid of. It's how they were going to get into the place. It was the problem. So God was stirring their hearts. And, um, uh, of course, when they came to, they come back and they, 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 the people are full of faith. <laughs> but Joshua is there thinking, okay, yeah, well, we got faith. But how on earth are we going to get through these walls? How on earth are we going to do this? And so before that happens, um, of course, we, we have the, the, they come over the Jordan, don't they? And then they have to be circumcised because that shows what that previous generation was like. They hadn't even circumcised the, the next generation. So the covenant, it's a sign of the covenant, isn't it? And they, were, they were just far from their heart, wasn't in uh, towards God. And then they um, uh, celebrated the Passover, we looked at that last week. And then this strange encounter uh, with Joshua turns up and he meets this person. And uh, let's read that, Joshua 5, 11 to 15. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites. But that year they ate the produce of Canaan. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in the <coughs> throne's Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for this, his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Yeah, um, an amazing encounter here, isn't it? And um, lots of things going on there, lots of things we can pick out. Um, but he's, he's had an encounter with the captain of the army of the Lord. Now, many would say that's Christ before his incarnation or theophany, Christophany. Uh, wait, we can argue about that. That's not really the issue. But what he's, he's had an encounter with the Lord. 
He's had an encounter with the Lord. And we see, see Joshua's heart. First thing he does, he, he drops on his face. He adores the Lord. Uh, remember, remember Joshua. Joshua was picked, why? Right? Because when Moses <coughs> left the tent, Joshua stayed at the tent, um, listening, praying, in the Lord's presence. He knew the Lord. <coughs> so he has an encounter with the Lord. And um, are you for us or are you for the enemy? And that's an interesting thing, neither. See, God is more, imp- more interested in the spiritual battle than the, f- the physical battle. Remember that. We get we, we, we twisted up, don't we, about what we can see. But remember, our battle is not against flesh and blood, he said, against principalities and powers and things that we cannot see. That's our battle. Now, the, he manifests, obviously, through politicians and goodness knows who they bring these laws in, but that's not our battle. We pray for them, for their salvation, but our battle is against uh, the eternal. And, and of course, he, he's teaching them that, and uh, when he's, he's adoring the Lord, he wants to hear the word of the Lord. Joshua's heart, Lord, give me a word. What is your design? What's your pattern? What do you want? How do we do this? And he said, right, the first thing is, you must realize, this is holy ground. Get you need to be right with me. Holiness. When we are holy with, before God, uh, through his holiness, but again, the Bible says, work out your holiness. Don't think you just, you know, again, we have that kind of attitude, oh, I'm, I'm forgiven. Yeah, you're forgiven, but to live right, isn't it? Uh, James talks about working out that faith by works. If it's not seen, it's not really there. And so he has a word from the Lord, and um, <laughs> uh, what a word that is. March around this city. Yes, Lord, I'm waiting, waiting, march around. Yeah, 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 yeah. So is there a secret passage? Is there a secret way in? March around once every a day for six days. Yes, 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 yes. Good, yeah. That's a long time. I don't know the people are going to think about this strategy. Um, but on the seventh day, seven times on the particular day, of course, the ark of the Lord is right in the middle. We'll have a look at that in the middle. That's interesting. And the trumpets are going, but everyone's quiet. It's difficult for some of us. Um, but on the seventh day, on the seventh time, when the trumpets are there, you shout. And he's saying, you what? That's the strategy. Well, I don't know I'm going to sell this to the elders of, the, of Israel. What's your strategy, Joshua? Ooh, come on, what's your... Well, uh, uh, we're going to march around, the, around this city. Oh, yeah, that's all right. What else are we going to do? We're going to march. And the trumpets are going to blow. Yes, 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 yes. What else? That's all I've got. We're going to march six days, seven days. We're going to march seven times. Then we're going to shout. And we're going to see what the Lord's going to do. Ooh. Uh, okay. We read this a, a number of times, but this is where faith comes in. Isaiah 55, 8 to 11. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bed and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God's ways and thoughts are not like ours. That's why it's faith. Faith. And thankfully the Bible is full of stories of things that we think, well, I wouldn't have done it that way. And it's a good job. 
Gideon turns up, calls the people in. How many have we got? 32,000. Ah, that's not bad. No, I don't think it's enough, he thinks, because there's, there's a few hundred thousand of them. And the Lord says, oh, Gideon, well done, 32,000, but he got too many. Pardon? Pardon? Um, yeah, now he said, anyone who's afraid, go home. I'll be there. I'm at 22,000 on the way, and I'm with them. Um, you still got too many. Uh, bring them down to the water. He ends up with 1%, 300 people. 300 people. Okay, Lord, okay, what, so what's your strategy? Okay, um, uh, what, what your strategy is um, a trumpet. Again, he likes trumpets, the Lord, doesn't he? <laughs> Trumpets and torches. Pardon, Lord? That's your strategy. Blow the trumpet and carry a pitcher with, with a light in it. That's all you... Ooh, he needed a word from the Lord, didn't he? And of course, he had that dream, and that uh, uh, he went down, and he heard a, the, those two guys talking about the dream, and and he thought, okay, Lord, I know, okay, okay. But still, three hundred men, few hundred thousand people, no no swords. Well, you know, worth talking about. Trumpet and a torch. Oh Lord, help us. Elijah comes, says to that uh, widow, "Can I have a drink, please?" Yeah, 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 I'll have, um, make me some bread. Oh, she said, we get nothing in. Last morsel of bread, last morsel of uh, uh, dough, last, last bit of oil, that's all we've got. I'm going, to, I'm going home now to make something for my son, and then that'll be it. He said, okay, but first, make me something. Lord, that's a bit severe, isn't it? This widow, now you, 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 you uh, uh, ladies know what it is to, to, to go without sometimes, or some of you do, to, to feed your children. And um, to give that meal away to Elijah and not to the son, takes them to him, doesn't it? As I said on Sunday, some of us were quite spoiled. And rightly so. <laughs> but but uh, your parents, especially your mother, would go without for you to eat, wouldn't she? And to give that, that, that food away for Elijah, faith. Faith, unorthodox, something we wouldn't think about. Naaman, I'm coming, I'm, I'm ill. And again, how God uses people, and with that servant girl, he uses a servant girl who had just been kidnapped. And we've talked about this before. She should have been bitter, she should have been angry, and when she heard about Naaman's leprosy, she would have thought, and she should have thought, serves him right. Shouldn't he? Serves him right, she, he's taken me from my country, from my family. But no, God, used, what a spirit she had. You know what? She needs to go. He needs to go down and see the prophet. Go down and see the prophet. I mean, she didn't have to say anything. In fact, she wasn't expected to say anything. She was a servant girl. But thankfully, Naaman goes down. And uh, I love Elisha. Elisha doesn't even bother getting up from the table, does he? Sends, sends uh, Gehazi. Um, just go and tell him, get down to the, in the Jordan River seven times. What? And Naaman, again, general, storms off. And he, he, he said, I thought he'd come, at least he'd come out and he'd wave his hands here and he'd do this. And he'd do. No, the Lord does things in his way, in his purposes. Why? Because he wants us to rely upon him. And he wants that we understand that he is the only one that gets the glory. Yeah. If Naaman had come out and gone here and gone there. Oh, Naaman is the, is the healer. No, no, Naaman didn't even bother to come out. Get in that river. Dirty, stinking river. He said, I, 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 look at that river. He said, I got cleaner rivers at home. That wasn't the, that wasn't the point, was it? <laughs> the point is his obedience, his faith in the word of the Lord. Um, and of course, uh, before his men, he had to strip down. 
and become humble. All his medals, all his regalia went stripped down to, to, to uh, his undies, just like an ordinary man. An ordinary man. And his sin exposed, his leprosy exposed. <laughs> Humility. And then he goes down seven times. Amazing how God, God, how God uses. His ways are not our ways. Man is blind. Jesus makes a mud. <coughs> Puts that mud on his eyes. And says, well, go down to that pool now and wash it off. They must have been thinking, he's, he's, he's definitely, you know, we, 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 some of them were thinking, he was, he, some of his family thought he was good out of his mind. What is a filthy mud? I mean, it's not clean, is it? You know, animals have been going through it, people have been, oh dear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so he, he's made mud. Go down. And in obedience, by faith, he goes down to the pool, pools alone, which means sent. He washes, and immediately, God's ways are not our ways. Unorthodox, um, something we would say, that doesn't make sense. But if God says it, we put our trust in it. And there's a, a, there's a time where we rest in God. Because he, he's saying, you know, go around and be quiet. Mm. Be quiet. Um, now, the trouble is, in churches today, we could do with a bit more... Woof, noise. Not quiet, but here we are resting in the Lord. We are relying upon him and we are saying, Lord, you know what you're doing. Um, of course, it, nowadays and in those days, um, to make a noise would be to intimidate, wouldn't it? Remember Zulu? Men of Arlech, didn't they? They used to sing. They were, they, they were trying to intimidate. The Zulu was trying to intimidate us, wouldn't they? With their shouts. And, their, and that's what they, noise would intimidate the only noise here was the trumpet of the Lord. No, no human voice at all. No human voice. No, no, no. Leave it to me. Um, I love this verse. Uh, so I was printed up. Uh, Mummy's office printed up in the house. Um, Isaiah 30, verse 15. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. But you would not. In re returning and rest, you are saved. In quietness, repose, to be still and trust, there will be a strength. We looked at um, going through the Red Sea, didn't we? Stand still. Stand still. See the salvation of our God. There's a time where we just go to rest in him. Um, and that's sometimes difficult because um, some of us are, uh, are on a go all the time. Some of us... Um, discipline ourselves to stop and to rest. Some of us, uh, when we do pray, that's all we do is ask the Lord for things, and He's not, He doesn't worry about that. But there's a time when we, we just rest. Lord, I don't understand this, but I'm just going to rest in Your presence. I'm gonna, that's going to be my strength. I told about Hudson Taylor, and he was he was very ill, and he said, Hudson, what are you doing now? You you not very ill. What are you reading? Are you praying? He said, Look, he said. I'm too ill to read. I'm too ill to pray. What I'm doing, I'm resting in the arms of the Lord. That's a great picture. Sometimes we, it's an attitude where we get into the presence of God and just stay there in his presence. And uh, there's a time for praise. Well. There will be in a moment. Time for worship. There's a time where there's resting in him. Uh, thankfully, Bible is, is great because by faith, all things are possible, aren't they? Faith over. Mark 9, 2024. <coughs> so they brought him um, 
When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into a convulsion. Um, it has often thrown him into the fire and the water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Yeah. All things are possible for those who believe. Uh, that's a, a powerful statement, isn't it? Um, and thankfully the, the Israelites saw this in front of them. All things are power, all things are possible to those who believe. Again, Jesus was teaching the disciples um, at this point. Of course, they had tried to heal this epileptic and couldn't, could they? Um, and Jesus comes along and uh, touches him. Mark 11, 2026. 20, and in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter called him to remember and said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus answered and said unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, I shall not doubt his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive. If we have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Believing. Ah, that fig tree. Lord, look at that, look at that. Amazing what, what they've been with the Lord all that many times. And still, there were areas of faith they couldn't step out into. And there's areas of faith where we are pretty strong in. I can believe God for that, but for believe God in that area, not so much. Disciples were like that. We talked about Peter before. Uh, they, they, you know, they were in, in, in the, they were seeing people healed. They were seeing people moved. But when they were praying for Peter to be uh, uh, released from the prison, they wouldn't believe him, were they? Because when he turns up, Rhoda goes and says, yeah, Peter's at the She was so excited, she forgets to open the door. She goes back to the people, hey, Peter's at the door. Don't be so soft. Don't, that's, not, that's not Peter, that's his angel. It's Peter. Because although they, they had faith for miracles and faith for healings, faith in that, they, they were praying, of course. But their, where their faith was, who knows? Um, but thankfully, the Bible says, now, deal, grow in faith. Grow, help my unbelief, Lord. Also, it's very interesting, Mark 11 tags that little bit on. So does the Lord's Prayer about forgiveness. And that is such a great hindrance to our lives and to our prayer life because we've not forgiven. Ah, now we can argue forever that we don't, we, you know, that what this person done, what that person said, and goodness knows whatever. But the Bible is very clear, isn't it? Forgive as I have forgiven you. What about, oh, Lord, it's not fair. Don't, the Lord is the one who's fair, isn't he? He'll sort them out. But don't forget, if the Lord didn't forgive me, I could be in trouble, wouldn't I? <laughs> forgiveness, they said, uh, they used to say, forgiveness is a bridge that one day you'll have to walk over as well. 
so don't break it or blow it up. So we come, they, they come to this place of Jericho, which is like a big hill, a mound. And there are two walls, there's well, three walls actually. There's the, there's the uh, retaining wall, which is about 12, 15 feet. Then there's uh, the, the first wall above it, uh, which is about 25 foot and about eight feet wide. You say, Dave, I've lost already. Um, that's quite high. And then what you've got, you've got an embankment in between the, the first wall and the second wall, where people lived. Because the Bible says um, uh, Rahab had her house in the wall. The back wall of her house would have been the outer wall there. That's why they could get out. So that was the back wall. And then there was the, the embankment to another wall, to the main, the top of, of this city. So the bottom, you were down the bottom, to look to the ground level of the top would be about 45 to 50 foot high. Now, that's a big, that's high. Solid rock, solid stone. Lord, what's your strategy? Marching. Ooh. Well, let me tell you now, you need some good TNT to get that wall down. Eight foot thick, 40 foot high, impossible, impregnable. Hmm? It was fairly round, yeah. I mean, it, they, 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 they say it's round, but they say it's about, covered about 10 acres. So it could be about 1,500 people there, they say. Uh, but when, when they, they, they've looked at, they've done um, uh, archaeology there, it was lots of interesting things, we'll come to those in a minute. But one of the things is there were, there were storage, jars, storage jars full of grain. Burnt, of course, because the Bible said they burnt the place, but full of grain. Why? Because the Lord said, don't you dare touch anything. There was only one man who did touch something, he shouldn't have. But grain was a, a, a precious commodity, wouldn't it? Because that was food. But they found when they dug it up, there were receptacles full of this grain. Why? Because the Bible says, don't you touch them. So we have this, this, this massive city on a hill. Um, of course, uh, we know it was a godless city. But also, it had a spring of water inside the city. And they just brought in the harvest, if you read. Uh, because they just come, remember Joshua 3, they come over the, the, uh, the Jordan River because it was harvest time. So that would have been impregnable. They could have been in there for years. Because they had a, they had a, if you've got a source of water, you're going to last for, for a long, long time. So that was what they were up against. And of course, this was a godless place. It, it, they say it was a, a place of a worship of the moon. Um, uh, and it was, when God says destroy all that is living... We, 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 we can cower back from that, can't we, sometimes? But they have dug up and they found the, the, the level of sin and corruption um, of, of child sacrifice, of um, sexually transmitted disease that have, that have perverted the people and have uh, so physically... Uh, uh, it was just disgraceful. And, uh, you know, God says, no, you need to wipe it clean. Wipe it clean. This has gone too far, too far. It was, it was so corrupt that God says it needs to be gone. And, and uh, so that's what they were up against. How great that was. And of course, one day, two days, three days, four days. I don't know about you, but um, nowadays we, we wouldn't get people to walk around one day, do we? Are you sure you're new from the Lord? What are you talking about? Six days. I wonder on the fourth or fifth day people are thinking, hmm. I don't know. I, I'm not sure if this Joshua was the right leader. 
Because remember, they were a bit like that, wouldn't they? Because they said out to Moses, let's get another leader, let's go back. Um, but we don't, we don't hear much of that, thankfully, this time. But there's, there's, the Lord is testing us, isn't he? Lord, when the Lord asks us or gives us a promise, he wants, he, he wants to prove it in our lives. And perseverance is something that he loves. And um, it brings character. And God look, is looking for that. James 1, 2-8. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave in the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. But man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. Faith sees differently. This chapter is, is, is all about seeing differently. Seeing eternally, seeing past the situation, the circumstance, to see what God is doing. And he says, that, consider it pure joy. Pure joy when you're going through difficulties. Why? Because the Lord is doing a work. Character, which, which we... We despair sometimes in we look at our politicians and where's the character in some of them? Dear me, we wouldn't employ we would employ them to do a, you know, clean our sink, could we or anything? The character, but God is that's the most important the character, not gifting, not charisma, not this or that character. And God is will do a work and he bring us through persevering. And he was he was getting these people to trust him. Doubts were maybe a flooded in their minds, and I'm like, what is this all about? Army in front, army behind, the ark in the middle. The ark in the middle. And these seven, seven again, because seven is the perfect number. Seven priests blowing the trumpets. Persevering, not wearying, not giving up. How do we not do that? 2 Corinthians 4, 16 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For the light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Yeah. Why do we not give up? Because the devil whispering our ears, David, is this a waste of time? Yeah. You could be doing this, this, and this. And we, is this? Looking under Jesus, he said, and then he will not give up. You will not be weary. Why? Because now you've got not your eye on this world, which is temporal. And even though we know it, even though we, we understand that, we still invest in it with all our hearts sometimes, don't we? We give our lives to it instead of giving our that which is eternal. So don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. And these people, we don't know if they were losing heart, but uh, they were doing as God says. And interestingly, the ark of the Lord was in the center. The ark of the Lord represented him. Was represented, and in the ark of the Lord was what? His word. See, that's at the center of our lives, the center of our walking, our advancement of, of his purposes has got to be the Lord and his word. See, he was at the center of, of this army. Um, and, and the people looking from Jericho, who knows what they were thinking? They were afraid. They didn't know what they were doing, but they were looking down. What is that? What's that there? What's that? Something special in the middle. 
It was his him and his word. Um, and you see, when we get that into our lives, that gives us um, focus, stability, and the power of God. We know these verses, but it's good to remember these and put them to heart as well. Hebrews 4, 11 to 13. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Verse 11, of course, disobedience prevented the people of Israel going from it going into the land. And uh, but the word of the Lord, three things, isn't it? Living, sharp and active, pierces, divides, and judges. See, the word of the Lord is active, it's sharper than any twitch, which means it's eternal. It's not nothing of natural power, it's eternal. The word of God can cut through, divide and penetrate between soul and spirit. We have a problem with Lord, is this what you want or is this what I want? And I'm quite capable of putting what I want and making it what God thinks. Because that's the way we, we made, haven't we? Lord, that I, and if you heard people, and maybe we said it itself, this is what the Lord's told me. And of course, when someone said that, you, you've got a job to get, get them out of that mindset. You can't argue with them out of that because they've got that in their mind. But thankfully, the word of God pierces that. See, when we're in the word of God, I have got many desires, some bad desires, some noble desires maybe uh, but the word of God pierces and shows the difference between what is me soulish and spiritual and so deep it goes right to the very heart joints and marrow gets right into the depth and the word of God was in the middle of, uh, of the people why because when the word of God is in the middle power of God is going to be there as well power of God and uh, the word of God is mighty just got a, a clip of someone a great great guy and uh, he's a minister in America, and he, he, he got in front of his church and he said, I've got to repent. And of course, they were thinking, Was he repenting of? What has he done? He said, I repent. He said, he said my, my, my purpose is, my motivation has been to build a big church, he said, to get people in, which is not a bad motivation. But he said, That's really not why we're here. We are to honor God, to lift him up, to worship him, to, for him to be the center, not man. And I thought, hey, well done, boy. That's, that's it, isn't it? Because uh, the word would say, ooh, look at that. Build people up. And as soon as we build people up, we're in a real truck because we're going to come down pretty quick. The word of God is that. And the presence of God. When the Lord is in the house, when the Lord is with us, nothing is impossible. Luke 7, Luke 7, end to 16. Heading, Jesus raises a widow. Son. Soon afterwards, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and he said, don't cry. Then he went up and touched her by her 
they were carrying him on, and their bearers stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. Mm. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. Presence of the weather, the Lord turns up. When death meets life, life wins, isn't it? Well, the Lord is, and see, when the Lord is there, right in the middle of the people, wouldn't he? Um, they knew what it meant, and they knew what would happen if they were obedient, if they were persevering, and they listened to what God said. And that seventh day, up at daybreak, seven times around, um, they shouted, bless the Lord, after the, after the trumpet. And the Bible says, the walls fell. How were they to climb 50 feet? Well, the walls fell, fell down in such a way, this way, they used them just to walk up. And he said, what about Rahab's uh, uh, house? Well, lots of things there, but they have, uh, when they, are, they dug it up, they, they found it in, in the north part of the, um, uh, the city that there was, a, there was a particular bit of wall that didn't actually fall like the rest of the walls. I thought, oh, well, Lord, the Lord's what he's doing, isn't he? Lord knows what he's doing. Um, and then they went in, archaeologists, and found everything was burnt, as the Bible says it was, Lots of things left um, that they would have thought, well, why haven't they plundered this place? Um, because the Bible says very clearly, anything that's valuable goes into the treasury. You don't need to touch it. Anything else, burn it. Burn it. But thankfully, the Bible gives us victory when he is with us and his words. And, um, someone in Romans 8, can you just do verse 31 and 37? Don't go from 31 to 37, just 31 and 37. So what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Yes. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. See, uh, the, the Christian life is a life uh, where we are in victory. Not, not problem-free, difficulty-free, never, ever, ever. But victory and power. Why? Because the Lord is with us. The Lord is in us. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. See, our great battlefield is where? The mind. It isn't you. It isn't you. It isn't you. It's me and the mind. How I'm thinking, how I'm mind is, is bent. And of course, the Bible says we have weapons of power. His word is present, the Holy Spirit, to destroy those strongholds. Now, a stronghold, as we've talked before, is a foothold that becomes a stronghold. Something we've allowed into our lives and we've allowed it to settle there and it's built itself up. Like Jericho, impregnable. How on earth are we going to get rid of this? It's, the, it's, a, it's, a, it's a habit. It's the way we think. It's a character flaw. Goodness knows what it is. Anything. It's a stronghold. But the weapons are our war to bring them down. Then it destroys speculations. That's how we think. See, some of us uh, think wrongly. We all think wrongly. But in some of us uh, maybe uh, are quite depressive in our thinking. 
and we can easily be, easily go down that route. Um, and God says, no, 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 come on. Your weapons can stop that. Stop it. Take captive that which are you thinking. Um, and grab a hold of yourself. Uh, it takes captive with every lofty thing that sells itself up against. And sometimes we think we're clever, don't we? And we think, and of course, we're People on the TV think they're clever and they, they lofty ideas that destroy the knowledge of God, thinkingly. But again, that invades us and we think like that sometimes. And the Bible says we have weapons to bring that down. So whatever it is, Jericho, that impregnable, massive, Lord, we can do it. How do we do it? We hear your word, we take your word, we take your presence and we encircle it. We encircle it. And when the right time comes, we will praise you, Lord. Um, and then we go and take it and uh, destroy it destroy it remember that don't ever think we can play with sin play with a habit think oh I can manage it no that's a lie from the devil I can, I can handle it I can handle it ah, we've seen many like that haven't we and today far from the Lord or addicts or goodness knows what our last verse which I love this verse <coughs> I threw it in Isaiah 48 17 to 19 this is what the Lord says your redeemer the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. If only you had paid attention to my commands, your peace would have been like a river, your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your descendants would have been like the sand, your children like its numberless graves, their name would never be cut off or destroyed before me. It's a great verse. I am the Lord who teaches you what is best, gives you the direction. If you would but listen, if you only listen, peace, righteousness, fruitfulness, but you wouldn't listen. Ah, so help us say, if we would listen, unorthodox, maybe, Lord, I don't understand this, how are you, how you going to work this out? Persevere, be obedient to the Lord, the Lord has said, and the walls came down in such a way that they could enter and destroy that which was um, set up against them. Bless the Lord. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.